Hey friends, welcome back to the Black Diamond Podcast. This is your host, Eric Malzone. And this is the show where I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing entrepreneurs, founders, change makers, and people who are just creatively leading the way through innovation. And it's not only about successes and, and great stories, because you'll definitely get those, but it's also about the personal challenges and the vulnerability that we face along the way. So this show is brought to you by Level 5 Mentors, helping entrepreneurs and founders achieve the highest levels of freedom in five different categories, time, money, relationships, health, and purpose. And if you want to find out how you're doing in those five categories, we got you covered. We got a survey for that. Just go to level5mentors.com forward slash survey, and you can take the free entrepreneurial survey and see how you're doing in each category and see where you have room for improvement because, hey, we can always be improving. So welcome to the show. Let's get on to it. Brendan, Shu, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much, Eric. Excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of digging around in your backstory, and you know, got some of the information you provided. So it's it's uh, man, you got some really you got some really cool businesses, got some really cool experience. That I'm sure you're going to share here, and uh, I want to give a shout out to, of course, the 10x Factory and the online community because that's how you and I connected and. What a wonderful place for entrepreneurs to, to network and share resources. So uh, thank you to, to Nick and Eric over there for, for making the connection. So on to you, Brendan. Um, yeah, man. So where in the world are you right now? Let's start there. Let's start right now with that. I am currently in beautiful California and more specifically the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, if you want to go by address, I'm in uh, on Laurel Street in San Carlos right now at our headquarters uh, for Aerial Canvas. It's a beautiful downtown area in the middle of the San Francisco Bay Peninsula. Uh, so right between San Francisco and San Jose. Yeah, man, you're in the thick of it. You're right there in the thick of the Silicon Valley. Um, it's actually where I grew up uh, about 20 minutes south of there in Saratoga, Los Gatos area. And uh, I got to see yeah. the Silicon Valley before it was the Silicon Valley. So that was interesting yeah. times. So I feel like an old man. I'm like, back when it was orchards and... <laughs> you know, all that, but it was. Yeah. The coolest part of uh, San Carlos is when I looked up Tesla recently, I'm just on Google. That's, this is where Tesla was founded, supposedly. San oh, Carlos, that is cool. California. Yeah. Yeah, man. So Brendan, let's, let's please get into your story. Uh, you know, I know you founded multiple businesses. Um, you know, we talk about the business in you out, but give us, give us maybe some, some insights into your entrepreneurial journey. How, how did it all begin? How'd you get to where you are now? Yeah, so I feel like um, as an entrepreneur, I developed uh, a lot of the the traits of being entrepreneurial early on, and this goes as far as video games as well as you know Pokemon cards. <laughs> you know, just with you know dealing with that, I was always looking at uh, you know w- within video games the items and the characters as almost like currency and assets. And I feel like that's where I started developing my entrepreneurial mindset of, okay, how do I create the most value? How do I create the best situation? How do I create a win-win situation? When you trade something as simple as Pokemon cards, you're trading um, and you're creating a win for both uh, both parties. You're giving away um, you know cards that someone else wants and you're getting cards that you want. And so that's kind of where, you know, I believe my entrepreneurism became, uh, started growing is just 
having a business mindset towards every interaction. And this is something that's led me to succeed. Um, I joined business plan competitions in high school uh, through uh, the Young Entrepreneurs Organization out in Massachusetts. And then I also, um, you know, throughout college, um, I believed I was able to pick up different aspects of being an entrepreneur. And um, being an entrepreneur isn't something like you just self-proclaim, I'm an entrepreneur. I believe everyone is entrepreneurial in ways. Uh, you know, even if you're working for someone else, you're pretty much your own business entity. And it's about creating a win for yourself, a win for others. And ultimately, that's what entrepreneurism is about. It's about creating solutions, creating opportunities. And the more you, of those that you can create for not just yourself, but for others, the more successful you'll become. You know, a lot of the most successful companies, there are, you know, tens, if not hundreds of millionaires that have been created. And that's exactly how I want to approach, you know, business is how do I grow this pie? How do I create a lot of big slices for everyone to have? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great outlook, man. And I was, uh, as you were speaking, I was reflecting on, I think I'm probably dating myself, but my, my version of Pokemon cards was uh, baseball cards and garbage pail kids and uh, understanding, <laughs> uh, you know, I think what, what you're talking about uh, is just understanding value, right. And how, we all have different things that we value, but when you meet in the middle, that's when you have a great exchange. That's where you find those, those wins. It's pretty awesome. So what was your, uh, what was the first business that you founded? So the first official business I started was called fix it. It still exists today. And I still collect some decent passive income, uh, around $30,000 a year. Um, and I'm a passive, uh, business partner. Uh, I have a business partner uh, that I had started the business with that is managing it. And Fixit is a computer and phone repair business. And how it had started was I actually was having a lot of trouble finding a job out of college. You know, I didn't have the internships stacked on my resume. I didn't have the work experience, which now I understand is something that is extremely um, beneficial towards any applicant is to have a strong work experience and I actually struggled I struggled a lot coming out of college I worked at Verizon wireless uh, as a booth babe <laughs> essentially nice. and uh, and I was uh, slaying plans uh, out in Champaign Illinois uh, where I went to college University of Illinois and I was making eight dollars and 25 cents with uh, a little bit of commission incentives and that was you know that helped me stay busy for a little bit. It was part-time. I was still trying to figure things out, applying for jobs here and there. Um, and then I transitioned into another job, uh, computer uh, repair for a small business called Simplify Computers. At that time, they were probably the biggest computer store. Um, and going into that, I had already known I wasn't going to stay there for that long. I even told the owner who hired me that, hey, you know, I'm, I just graduated college. I'm just looking for something until I find a full-time job. I got brought on for you know a little bit around half a year, and uh, actually I got fired from that job because I think you know he knew that I wasn't going to be there for a long time, but I still hadn't figured things out. And so after I got let go, I was just like, well, what am I supposed to do? I kind of know how to fix computers to a certain degree. Um, I wanted to start the Uber of uh, computer repair called Fix It, and this would be like computer technicians coming to you, and 
you know, it's, it's not easy when you're a college grad with no money except uh, what I had asked for my mom to borrow, um, like very little income to, to start like an Uber. So I was just, I had to start from ground zero. I had to create the demand and the supply in the beginning, which is essentially um, the advice now I give to entrepreneurs starting, you know, make your first sale, you know, make your, uh, fulfill your first job or product uh, that you're selling, like fulfill, fulfill, uh, you know, the first client's needs and then talk about the next steps. Don't try to like, shoot for the stars. Don't try to create a hundred million dollar company before you create a company that, you know, generates a million or even $10,000. And so that's how, uh, fix it had started. Um, it was from me identify kind of a point, a low point in my life where I was just like, am I even worth hiring? Uh, am I like, what type of skills do I have? And there was a, a tipping point where, where I actually gave it my all. And it was from my roommate, uh, Paul Rouse, which it's, uh, it's, I don't want to go too deep into that story, but he actually is in jail now. But he told me something <laughs> that uh, was extremely beneficial. It was kind of the catalyst towards me uh, going all in as an entrepreneur. And he said to me, if you're not willing to put in the work, you don't deserve it. And so that stuck with me. And immediately I just started working. Like something triggered me. And I was just like, well... I want to deserve it. I want, I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to work for this. I'm going to actually earn, you know, uh, an opportunity to, to have my own business. I can't just expect this business to, to fall into my lap. So, you know, it still took time. You know, at first I put in like, instead of putting in 25 hours a week, I put in 35 and then 40. And then it was a full-time job where I was leading a team of 10, um, alongside my business partner and we were doing around a million dollars a year in revenue. So, uh, hopefully that gives you a good idea of my first business. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing that. Did you have any investors in fix it or was it just bootstrapped the whole way? Um, it was bootstrapped, um, pretty much from day one, I would say with the support of my, my mom, who's always, uh, I was a little spoiled throughout college. I didn't have to work a job, which I felt like was now, now looking back as a detriment, I would make my child, or my kid definitely worked through college if I was sending him to college and paying for it. <laughs> um, I, I have to thank my mom because she did put in at least like ten, twenty thousand $20,000 into the business. Um, and she, she gave me enough security where I wasn't, I could take risks. You know, a lot of right. entrepreneurs here, the reason why they haven't quit their current job is they need that security. They need that sense of uh, certainty. To, to be able to take those risks. And so I had to do, uh, you know, though I didn't get crazy funding or borrowed a lot of money from the bank, my mom kept me alive and uh, to a point where I could take, ch take chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always knew you had something to fall back on if you needed to, right? That, that helps a lot. How old were you when you started this, this company, Brennan? Uh, just out of college. So I was like 21, 22. Wow. Uh, yep. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think everybody has a, a different journey. Um, but at some point along the line, most entrepreneurs realize that they're not really hireable. Uh, <laughs> and I mean that in, in the nicest of senses, because you're like, well, you know, I don't, I don't think, <clears throat> you know, for, for a lot of people I work with, or, you know, I can my business partner, it's like, well, we'll sometimes if we get into the status quo, we go crazy and we'll break things just to see if we can fix it. And, yeah. uh, 
you know, I think that's a big point in, in uh, knowing that you're an entrepreneur. Is, is there like a, a moment or a, a, a point in time, a memory that you have, Brendan, where you're like, you know what? I don't think I'm a corporate guy. I don't think I'm a worker bee. I think I'm, I think I'm an entrepreneur. Did that ever hit you or strike you? Um, I really never had the chance, to be honest, to experience um, corporate America. Uh, I mean, besides working at Verizon and Simplified Computers, uh, actually looking back, you're right. You know, they're like, it's, it's mainly feeling like you're like, there's a glass ceiling and, you know, you know what you can do and you know what can elevate you, but the status quo or, you know, whoever you're working for has too much red tape um, and allowing you to do better than to do more and to, to help innovate. And that's something that I've taken and I've tried to remove all of that within my company. Like there's uncapped currently on my new business, excuse me, aerial canvas. There's uncapped commissions. Uh, there's, employee reviews and raises whenever they they are looking for it and um we are a startup and we are growing pretty aggressively uh this just this month uh we're adding uh 25 more employees to our workforce we're going from around 32 to 42 uh, people awesome. and uh i think that's the biggest thing is like feeling stuck is the worst feeling ever feeling like you can improve something and you can change something and not being able to do it um, and not having the platform to do it is I think a big reason why entrepreneurs don't want to work in a big company uh, because they can't innovate. They can't uh, have autonomy to, to, to break things, to, to try new things, to, to fail forward. And that's something that we uh, highly, highly um, support at Aerial Canvas right now is having our team be entrepreneurs and be able to fail forward. You know, obviously we do have our guidelines and our systems, but you know, we always welcome constructive feedback and uh, our team to give us suggestions, stay late to talk to us about how things can be improved and always opening that communication channel to see how we can we can improve as a business. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that. Uh, fail, failing forward is one of my favorite concepts. And I think it's, um, takes a little bit of time sometimes for people to wrap their head around, but once you do, it's, it's really powerful. And I want to also note that, you know, today's June 9th of 2020, as we record this and, um, you know, uncertain economic conditions, a lot of things, yeah, your company's still growing, you know, 25% uh, increase in employees. That's, that's pretty fantastic. So tell me, um, Brendan, how, how did the transition go from fix it into aerial canvas? Give me, give me all the goods. What is aerial canvas canvas? How, what is the, what is, who are you guys serving? Um, yeah. why is it growing? Yeah. Tell us everything. So the transition from fix it was another chapter. Um, in short, my business partner, uh, his priorities was, or like to more be conservative and growth. Uh, he was a little bit more risk adverse, uh, uh, you know, a, a decade a senior to me and he was looking at retirement and he had more than enough money. He didn't need to take that risk, you know, unless he wasn't trying to be the next Jeff Bezos or anything. So 
Um, even when I had suggested to start another fix it in another college town or take those additional risks, um, he, he wasn't too much uh, for that, you know, for good reason. He cashed out, you know, in the last couple of years on that business. And uh, we had a pretty equitable split, you know, 80, 20 um, uh, after I had left. That was the biggest reason why I left. Um, I didn't feel like I had a platform to grow. And that saying, if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, like for me, uh, I didn't feel like I was growing anymore. And so, you know, my business partner, I saw that he, he didn't know when I would leave the business. He knew that I had um, uh, my eyes set on much greater and bigger things. And uh, he was, you know, smart in his decision to, to hold back a little bit because, you know, even if we had started the other business, he would have been left with it to manage more responsibilities. <laughs> and uh, some people, you know, when they uh, you know, move forward in life, they, they're looking for potentially less to, to be, less weight to have to carry. And thus I had quit uh, Fix It and I had started Market You, which was a digital marketing agency. I'll keep that one pretty brief, uh, but I had uh, joined another young, hungry entrepreneur and uh, he was the complete opposite of uh, my business partner in the sense that he was all in, wanting to risk everything, uh, wanting to grow super fast and kind of more my speed at that time in my life. Uh, it didn't work out. Um, the business partner then, uh, Andrew, actually they're both named Andrew at Fix It and Market You. Uh, the second Andrew wasn't bona fide enough, didn't have kind of like that, that grit. Um, uh, and when I say bona fide, I mean like when you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know that you're going to have to fail a few times and you got to stick with a strategy. You can't be pivoting every two weeks. <laughs> that doesn't work. Like you got to execute on a strategy for months, if not a year before something of value is created that's sustainable. Uh, that's for momentum to be built. And so I was pretty much carrying that business and that business partner, Andrew had quit after a year because he wasn't making enough splashes um, in what he wanted to accomplish and achieve. And um, Colby, who is the founder of Aero Canvas at the time, he reached out to me and he invited me out here to see what he had going on. And he had invited me because uh, from day one, actually, um, he had lost his job at Ehom, a uh, drone company out in the San Francisco Bay Area. He was a product manager and marketing manager. And um, essentially, uh, it didn't work out and he needed to figure things out. And right from day one, I said, hey, bro, this is a good, good time to try your hand at your own business. And it was Aerial Canvas's the business that we actually came up, came up with back in Champaign, Illinois, before he moved out. And so I was mentoring him and guiding him throughout the whole process from the initial stages of setting up his website and closing his first client, uh, which was Sotheby's, uh, a small brokerage. Uh, they actually wanted to hire him, but I said, Hey, this is a great opportunity to, to uh, ask for a contract, you know, ask uh, to, to do a certain number of jobs for a certain level of pay. And that way, you know, they're not completely tied in and you're not tied in with them as an employee. And he followed my lead and um, 
he was able to make huge strides with aerial canvas on his own, you know, checking in with me every month or two, um, you know, consulting me along the way. And he had built something pretty cool after a year, um, it, after a year aerial canvas on his own was kind of the year mark at market U, where I had joined him. And I said, cool, man, like, uh, let me check out what's going on in California. Of course I'll come visit. I pretty much came out here. I liked what I saw. Um, he actually landed a pretty big project the first week I was here and I was just very impressed. And, uh, you know, he was also able to, to, um, kind of get me, get my undivided attention. Cause I was in between, uh, companies at that point. And I looked at Aero Canvas and I said, Hey, there's something pretty cool here. And uh, I think we can definitely do something. So, uh, I was a little bit outside of, you know, what he was able to compensate me for. And I was his friend as well. And, you know, I wanted more than just to be an employee. I, I, I definitely wanted to be an owner, uh, someone who had a stake in Aerial Canvas because that's the only way I was going to go all in. And so I actually had worked for free for uh, three months. And after three months of showing what I could produce and contribute to Aerial Canvas, setting up systems, setting up pipelines uh, for hiring, as well as uh, creating more, uh, a bigger client base. Uh, I had asked to be uh, business partners with him 50-50. And uh, since, uh, since that point, we've just gone ham. We've uh, pretty much 10 x uh, and more uh, since I joined him. When I joined him, he was doing pretty well, 10 to 15K in revenue. And uh, last month, we... we uh, we're around $400,000 in monthly revenue. So uh, we've grown substantially since uh, we, we first started together. That's big growth, man. So tell me, give me uh, the insights. What is exactly that? What is Aerial Canvas? Yeah, I know yeah. I talked about the origin stories, but people uh, listening probably don't know what Aerial Canvas is yet. So Aerial Canvas is a, I guess I'm going to frame it in a, in a way where this is how I pitch my ideal client. My ideal client is a real estate agent. Hmm. Aerial Canvas provides you um, uh, a end-to-end -end solution to help put your listings on the market for top dollar to get you more exposure and ultimately build your brand. And how we do that is we produce photos, video, 3D Matterport, drone, websites, and so much more for you, all delivered next day at the highest quality, consistent, and with next day turnaround. And what you can expect with working for us is that we will always innovate, innovate for you. Uh, we will always bring you uh, the best platform of communication. So we are literally an extension of your marketing team. Um, so you can have us as an extension of your company and no for a fact that marketing is the last thing that is holding you back as an agent, that you have marketing down 100%, that you have the confidence to go into a listing presentation and know that you will awe and inspire your clients to do business with you. That is what Aero Canvas will do for you as an agent. Are you interested or do you have a you know project coming up we can help you with? And uh, that, that hits pretty, that hits home pretty well to the point where now we're getting more business than we can handle. That's amazing, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, I guess I'm in the middle of two real estate transactions, one in a buy, one in a sell. 
And I can tell you when I'm looking at real estate agents and who to use, um, marketing is always, well, first of all, do I like this person? You know, can I see myself partnering with them in this transaction? And number two, how do they market? And if they don't have a good marketing plan, they don't have a history of marketing and showing that they can get your, uh, especially as a listing agent, if they can't get your, you know, the value that you want for the home and do it quickly, then there's a lot of other people lined up who will give it a shot, probably could. So marketing is critical. How is the real, I mean, you're obviously, that makes your company fairly reliant on the real estate market, right? How, how is, and I understand that, you know, the Bay Area is kind of its own beast, its own creature when it comes to real estate. But, you know, right now in these kind of weird economic times, how, how are you seeing real estate? So our main products, uh, we actually, um, all those services I had outlined, photo, video, drone, 3D Matterport, a dedicated listing website. Uh, we package all those solutions together um, by bringing in an in-house solution where we train a photographer to fulfill all of those services, as opposed to the conventional way of uh, subcontracting out those services. And ultimately when you subcontract out, uh, there's a lot of middlemaning and a lot of costs associated that is translated to the client. So our goal is to wholesale that product to our client and create a virtual tour. A virtual tour allows a client to showcase the property without being there. You know, when you have a Matterport, when you have a video that showcases the lifestyle of the downtown area, you, you have now a tool that can allow you to qualify and disqualify potential clients way faster, you know, and disqualify in a good way, you know, disqualify in a sense that, hey, have you checked out the, have you checked out the home? I don't want to waste your time where you have to drive an hour and sign these um, you know, P documents or agreements saying, you know, you're not going to hold us hostage if you get sick uh, during this, these crazy uh, Corona season times. Um, to be able to showcase a property remotely, as well as if it's not a good fit for the client, being able to understand why faster so you can guide them to their dream home um, in a more streamlined fashion that you're not asking some, you're not spending an hour driving to, to wipe down a house um, for a potential client that's not truly interested in that. And so our product, the virtual tour, um, the, what we call the premier package, an all-inclusive package, is it's a hit. It's a hit with all of these realtors wanting to, to do better for their clients, to serve the buyers and the sellers of this market more efficiently. Nice. And are you, are you just in the Bay area or are you guys expanding out now? So we are actually hiring still actively and we are expanding. Our goal is to be in the San Diego market Nice. uh, by sometime next month. Uh, We already have a few key players that have been, in the hiring pipeline that we're pretty much uh, in the final um, work relationship negotiation stages uh, with. So um, we're pretty excited. Uh, We think we could easily dominate that area as well. It's, uh, I would say all of the US is prime for disruption. So if there's any photographers or videographers out there listening that want to get into real estate, that want to jump on this opportunity, you know, there's, um, courses out there that you can take to learn a lot of these skills on your own. You can even go through YouTube. Uh, I know Parker Walbeck, a full-time filmmaker, has a great course. Um, 
There's another course uh, by uh, Norman and Young uh, called Real Estate Photographer uh, or RE Photographer Pro or something. Um, so it's, it's a great opportunity for anyone that's looking to get into it. Um, and if you're looking to join a company that is, uh, I would say, on the leading edge or the cutting edge of all of this, um, you know, reach out to us and see if you would be a good fit because we definitely uh, see a lot of opportunity to expand into multiple markets. San Diego is just the tip of the iceberg. You look at every major city, um, you know, Dallas, uh, Austin, Miami, uh, like New York, uh, Connecticut, like there's so many uh, metropolitans and even small cities. Um, I personally know some, uh, an individual, close friend of ours, Matt, um, out in Tulsa, uh, who's running Vast Media, and he's killing it. You know, he was a pastor making $40,000 a year, I think, and now he's making well over six figures running a business he can barely, uh, you know, handle because there's so much demand for the services that we're, we're providing right now. Wow. Yeah, man. Sounds like a great time to be in. So what do you, what's your, your what's your take on overall on, on, on the real estate industry? Do you think i you mentioned disruption? What, what do you, what's on your mind? What are you thinking? How do you think the real estate industry is going to be disrupted? Yeah. So, uh, you know, for those who follow like Amazon and how much of a beast of a company they are, uh, you know, Amazon, uh, kind of dip their feet in potential e-buying, like buying a house, uh, and then there's other uh, companies out there like um, I think uh, is it called Open Door um, as well as a few others that do e-buying. I think that's going to pose a threat to the real estate industry as as you know where the status quo currently stands, where I believe over 83% of transactions are still going through a realtor, a real estate agent. I think real estate agents are you know, a little bit behind the times on average. Uh, a lot of and a lot of industries that have a, a abundance of wealth, um, and um, they 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 don't innovate because they're not trying to to change things or fix what's not broken. If you're a realtor making, um, you know, a million dollars in the San Francisco Bay Area selling homes with just photos, um, you know, that's all you think you need. The real, the opportunity is to capture the next generation of buyers and sellers. You know, at some point, all of this wealth, all of this real estate is going to be passed on generationally to the next generation, right? Um, whether that's 20 years from now or 30 years from now. And over 30% uh, of home buyers right now, they, they are millennials. They're, they're people that vibe with the marketing the 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 flashy like um, videos as well as the more immersive 3d matterport tools you know they're busy they're working they're hustling in silicon valley or anywhere you know um you know any successful millennial that can buy a house is probably grinding and they don't have time to 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 spend a day going on like visiting three homes and having to drive like two hours, <laughs> you know, they're trying to leverage technology and there's homes being bought and sold sight unseen right now. And uh, this is actually popular in uh, places, even in the Midwest. I think uh, it's more prevalent in the Midwest even. 
So I think the real estate market is definitely primed for disruption. Those who want to adopt this technology are going to get so much further ahead and start widening the gap. You know, it's, it's, it's about being 10% better. It's about getting that edge. You don't need, I tell these agents, you know, right now we're in a hot market still. Like I think the average days on a market in San Francisco Bay is still under three weeks right now, uh, which uh, I believe that's amazing. Average on the market is like closer to 42 days. Um, it's, it's insane. And we actually f- came across some obstacles when first trying to sell our services because agents are like, well, I don't need all of that. I don't need all of that. I don't, I just photos, I, photos is all I need to sell the property. You're right. You know, there's two factors that go into a property selling. <laughs> you know, selling the property isn't the hard part. The reason why people hire realtors is to deal with all the paperwork, the, the title, the, the inspection. Like, yes, you know, it's, it's a, it's a one-off experience where people, you know, if they wanted to go through YouTube university, you could, they could probably learn all the nuances of buying a home. And there are some people that do, but most people, when they're buying a home, like they're already dealing with a full-time job. They don't want they want that guided experience and they're happy to pay the realtor, you know, two, 3% uh, as a buyer's agent, you know? So going back to the main objective, like it's, it's not so much for like what we're doing is not so much for just selling the listing. It's for the agents to start differentiating themselves and providing better tools and better, better access for their clients, better serving your clients. You know, you get paid for a service. Our real estate agents, they go into a listing presentation and they're asked by their sellers, what are you gonna do to sell my house? How are you gonna market my house? How am I gonna get the top dollar for my house? And we are that answer for real estate agents right now. And the agents that have used us in part of their marketing strategy, they have doubled their production in the last year. And I'm not saying we're the only factor, they work extremely hard, but they're also extremely savvy. They know how to leverage resources. We allow our, like if you're an eight real estate agent trying to make a quarter million dollars, your time is way more valuable than trying to do everything on your own. I know there are real estate agents that want to be bootstrapped and savvy, but if you value your time and you want to make more than a quarter million dollars a year, your time is already worth more than a hundred dollars an hour. Hire a professional company like ours. We will, put in work tirelessly and consistently for you and deliver a co- content that no one else can come close to. And that's the most exciting part about uh, this industry is we are primed for disruption. Uh, agents that have been killing it in the industry, their market share is starting to get taken by the young savvy entrepreneurial uh, real estate agents that understand how to utilize technology to leverage their time and leverage their resources more effectively. Oh man, I love it. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's really, uh, it's interesting to hear your insights on this because I think anybody who, you know, knows or has dealt with the real estate industry over the last 20 to 30 years. And I'm, you know, mostly talking from personal experience. And there's so many times I'm like, what is this real estate agent doing to get that two and a half percent or 5%, you know, if they're getting both back and front. And uh, a lot of times it's just, you know, nothing. They're not doing a whole lot. (laughs) uh, You know, maybe they put an ad in a paper, uh, you know, 
that has a has a has a has a uh, little has, has a license. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's crazy, and it's it's really interesting to see how the the needs and wants and desires of the millennial generation. And I, you know, I'm Gen X, so I kind of straddle you know all all those things, um, and uh, how it's different. You know, and. Yeah you're going to have to work harder and marketing is really important and they're used to seeing things digitally and they're going to want to see nice representations of, of, um, and then, you know, also the marketing of it, having themselves, having a, a potential buyer imagine themselves in that environment, right. And seeing themselves there. And that's all stuff that great marketing and, and great digital media can do. So it's, it sounds like you found yourself in a pretty good spot to, to kind of foster in the new, the new world order of real estate agencies. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, there's a lot of opportunity and we've barely scratched the surface. Yeah. There's things that real estate agents need. um, And I don't think real estate agents are going anywhere. It's going to shift. You know, there has been shifts in the in the last couple of years, you know, with Redfin, with e-buying. There are those shifts in the marketplace, but most people are going to go with you know, the status quo and the status quo, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, hire an agent, have them guide you through the entire process. They're going to take their, you know, cut um, as substantial uh, as it is. You know, the, the average real estate agent in even San Francisco Bay area is only doing like, I think they're making like $42,000, the average real estate agent. They're, they're not treating it like a full-time job. They're not treating it seriously when it comes to market marketing or any aspect of their business. They oftentimes the unsuccessful ones are cheap. They're cheap about it. You know, if you want to run a uh, five star restaurant, you can't be cheap. You know, if you want to run um, a company that is leading uh, and cutting edge like Apple or Amazon, you can't be cheap. You include the free shipping. You know, cover some of these expenses for your client. Um, if you're a younger agent, you know, you should do everything you can. Or if you're even an older agent that you're, you feel like you're losing your edge, do everything you can to stand out. Because there are tens of thousands of real estate agents and you're, you're going to get asked two questions from your, your, your potential, um, uh, or three questions, one in their head, do I like you? Uh, but once you make it past that, are you going to do a good job for me? And how are you going to get me the best deal, whether that's buying or selling? And so when you can present the best solution to them, it's not too hard of a sell. And uh, we're happy to provide that tool for agents. Right on, man. So, uh, Brendan, now that you, you've got a good problem, man, you're, you're growing, right? You're growing fast. You're expanding. Yeah. What is... Uh, what's the biggest need or challenge that you have in your business that you're facing right now? I believe that the challenges we're facing can all be overcome in time. And this is something that I want to say, you know, it sounds like a very, um, it sounds like almost like a political thing to say, but you know, you have to be patient with your growth. And this is something I have, I struggle with, you know, I always look at my business and I'm like, we're not growing fast enough. We're not doing enough. And I'm working 16 hour days, you know, and you hear this all the time, work hard, work smarter, don't work harder, but I'm doing both obviously. 
because I want to, you know, 10x again. Um, what I'm doing to overcome our current challenges is by incentivizing our team to be, to be leaders, to have uncapped earning potential. Um, I don't, I haven't administered any equity yet, uh, but they have uncapped commissions and I introduce new incentives and I give raises out like candy. Like I have some, some employees getting like 20 to 30 K worth of raises in a year. And uh, they're about to get another 5k raise um, because they put in the work, you know, you have to be willing to pay your employees what they're worth and what they bring and pay them fair and make them be a stakeholder in your business. So they're willing to pour their heart and soul into, into what they're doing and what they're doing for you. Uh, if you're a business owner, um, there's a lot of business owners that are greedy and there are a lot of business owners that follow the thinking like Jack Ma. You know, Jack Ma is the founder of Alibaba, an extremely successful entrepreneur. And I still recall this one episode where he was um, interviewed and uh, the interviewer asked, hey, you know, Jack, why, why do you like have so many companies, uh, but you, you take such a small share, you only take like, you know, 20% or 30% stake in the company. Why don't you just buy them out and own them? And Jack's response was, I mean, that's uh, when I give them more, that's why everyone wants to work with me. And so for us, for how we're going to overcome these challenges, the challenges are always going to keep coming. We're always going to try to overcome new challenges. It's that we're going to inspire and motivate our leaders to do more. And we're going to attract more leaders because we're willing to pay for those leaders. And we're only looking for leaders within our organization. My, one of my foundational philosophies when it comes to Aerial Canvas and when it comes to, to um, my coworkers or employees is I want to teach you everything you possibly need to know to do the business on your own, but I want to make the opportunity so good that you don't want to leave. And how we're doing that is we're creating win-win opportunities where we have the best brains in every facet of our departments and our business pushing the frontier, whether that's something as simple as, you know, booking and staffing to project management to our creative specialist team that are in field. We're always pushing that frontier where we're going to start creating a gap. Oh, excuse me. We're going to start creating a gap, essentially, like Tesla has. All you got to do, do is be 10% better, 20% better, day by day, year by year, and that gap will widen so far that you are now the, the titan of the industry. And that's, that's how I believe we're going to overcome all the challenges ahead. Right on, man. Well, Brendan, um, I appreciate your time coming here. And, and, you know, great story, great business, great insights, great uh, outlook you know, and, and, um, overall kind of entrepreneurial spirit. So it's been, it's been a pleasure. How do people get a hold of you if people want to get in touch or yeah, where, where do they find you, man? Um, you can text me directly 650-850-2431, or you can just, uh, message, you know, our Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, WeChat. We are closing clients and business and starting new deals on every frontier. I have a video editor from China who does not speak the best English and she's closing out 
a thousand dollars in commission on her own being on a little group on WeChat. You know, awesome. I have, have clients closing out deals or uh, team members closing out deals on Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it. Reach out, you know, at some point I'll get back to you. That's my direct number. At some point I might ditch the number and give it to one of my admins. But uh, if you want to contact me directly, that's, that's my number. Right on. Brendan, thank you for your time, man. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, I'm glad we got the opportunity to chat and, and, uh, and uncover a little bit of what you do. Thank you so much, Eric. It was truly a pleasure being on uh, this show and I definitely want to thank uh, 10X for this opportunity. Uh, I think it's been a great group for entrepreneurs to, uh, to, to give a little bit more. You know, the, the reason why I'm on the show is t- to give what I can, um, you know, back to the community because uh, it's provided me insights that I wouldn't have gone without it. Right on. Well said. Ladies and gentlemen, Brendan Shu. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Eric Malzone. Don't leave yet. I have a few more requests for you. So if you got value out of this podcast, I ask you to do a few things. Number one, go to wherever you're listening, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and go ahead and subscribe to the show. Number two, while you're there, if you feel that we earned it, please leave us a nice review. Number three, share it. Whether it be social media, email, texting, whatever it may be. I'm sure you know somebody who would get value out of this episode just like you did. So please go ahead and share it. And that's how we get the word out. So it's really valuable and super appreciative. It only takes a minute of your time. Next, if you know of somebody, including yourself, who would be a great guest for the show, please head on over to level5mentors.com, L-E-V-E-L, the number five, mentors.com. Get in touch with me. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, Make an introduction. Whatever may be, you can also get me directly in my email, which is eric, E-R-I-C, at level5mentors.com. Lastly, if you just want to chat, you want to find out more, if you want to expand on some ideas, I love hearing from the audience. So go ahead and hit me up on social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You also have my email already. So I love to hear from you. I'm always looking for ways to improve the show, and I'm always looking to have great conversations. So don't hesitate to reach out. And once again, thank you for listening to the Black Diamond Podcast, and you can expect a lot more from us.